Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting their own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitchell. Yes, sir. You know how when you get really tired, you're like slap happy? Yep. I feel like I'm right on the edge. Is, is that you right now? Yeah. I think I, a lot of stupid shit's going to come out of my mouth today. Well, you know, that happens. I mean, more than normal. Yeah. I guess I should say. I have something to... I do know the feeling. Yeah. I have I, something that's been bothering me. Uh-oh. This whole... I won't I won't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a doctor, and first I won't off, take a look. First off, I wouldn't ask. It would just come out. <laughs> look at this. Does this look infected? <laughs> is this... <laughs> is look this, at my cat brain. What is this? <laughs> This whole, like, we've talked about celebrities yep. a lot, like, especially in the beginning. Yep, yep, yep. Like, two years ago. What is the obsession with Taylor Swift? I don't fucking... I don't... I don't... I don't get it. So, I posted this in the Tradewinds group, and it didn't get very much reaction, and I don't think I wrote it very well, but... Um, Not surprised. I mean, that's a shame. <laughs> so, we, we normally have... Like, we have season <clears throat> tickets. We normally have tickets up on the third level... Uh, visitor side goal line. Okay. And they're great seats. Anything in the third level is great seats. Um, this. Well, down low in the third level. Yeah. 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 We're row five in yeah. the third level. You can right? really see the field. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, this game, the Bears game, uh, one of my plumbers, Spencer, he asked me before they even released the schedule. He said, Hey, I think the Bears are due to come to Arrowhead. If they come, can I have your tickets? I have family from Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they released the schedule, and Spencer's like, hey, the Bears are coming. Is it still okay? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, bro. And so stayed true to my word, I gave like him Spencer. my tickets. He's yeah, he's a nice guy. He's cool, right? Yeah. And, and that's nice part guy. of why I got the tickets is for things like that, right? Um, and so I still wanted – there's there's a couple of games I'm not going to be able to go to, so I still wanted to go to the Bears game. And so I gave him mine, and then I bought four more. And do they – when you have season tickets, do they – like if you call your rep or whatever and say, "Hey, I need four tickets," do they look for you, or you still got to go out on StubHub? I I went to Facebook. Or tickets for less. Or whatever. I went to Facebook and asked my friends if anybody has any tickets there for sale. You go. That's and why, that post that's got why. overran by scammer bots. Yeah, that's why but I hate Facebook. I know, but I I managed to get a set of four from somebody that I've bought tickets before. I know it's not yeah. you know it's it's legit. And, and you said they stuff. were lower level. They were lower level. So we were goal line, well three yard line, Chiefs side. Um, oh, okay. Drum deck end zone, uh, chief side, and uh, we were 10 rows back. Oh, nice. Those okay. are good tickets. Yeah, yeah, pretty good those seats. Are really good now, tickets. Uh, it's so flat down at the full, bottom, it's hard to see. Full disclosure, I don't think I would buy those tickets again. Yeah. Because to, you can't see the game real well. Half the game is amazing. Yeah. The, the half of the game that's in front of you is awesome. The other half of the game, you're watching it on the big screens because yeah. you can't tell if they ran two yards or 12 yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I don't go to games. Yeah. Nothing personal. Now, up top, you can see everything, and it's great. Yeah. 
Um, the other challenge with down low is everybody stands the whole game, which I don't mind, but my kids can't see. So my kids are having to stand in the seats, yeah. which is no big deal. But then the people behind them can't see, and it's yeah. just it's just kind of a cluster. It's just right? uncomfortable. Yeah, like yeah, and and so you know watching the games in the stadium is already a challenge enough because you don't get you don't get good replays, you don't get statistics, you don't get analysis. Yeah. You, you it's basic like the only replays you get are fan biased. Yeah. To get the crowd to, yeah. you know, roar. Well, that's why I sent you. Did you get my, I don't even know if you got my text. So on the very first drive, there was a hold in the end zone. Like yeah. a blatant hold should have been a safety. Yeah. And I texted it to you. I was like, dude, I know you're not going to see this. No, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And then cell reception kind of sucks in the stadium yeah, during the games, suck. right? It's awful. So anyway, we're, we're down low. Cool seats, cool experience. Grant is loving it because he gets to go down did to the you, rail. Did and you just, you and him go? Me, Grant, Mason, and one of Mason's buddies. Oh, okay. And so um, the boys know that they get to take turns bringing a friend if I'm not bringing somebody with me. Yeah. And Danielle's no longer allowed to go to the Chiefs games because everyone she goes to, we lose. So every like literally every loss the Chiefs have had in the last two years, she's gone to the game. Yeah, she can't go. Yeah, except for the Super Bowl. We didn't go to that. We're not. Yeah. We don't, I'm we don't not, got money, uh, money. <laughs> so, <laughs> but. Uh, it's called plastic. Yeah. Isn't that what everyone does? Yeah, swipe the card and let yeah. it figure itself out. Yeah, it'll work itself So. <laughs> You know, Grant I'm not got to that as business advice for all of you. Stop, stop Grant, what you're spending. <laughs> Grant went down to the rail and he was, you know, getting fist bumps from the players and he was trying to get an autograph, but he was wearing a Tony Gonzalez jersey and he was going to have him autograph his jersey. And because Tony Gonzalez retired as a, he went, he spent his last yeah. year as a Falcon and then retired as a Falcon. Yeah. Like, He's a, he, there's a bit funny. of a skid mark on Tony G's name in the, in the Chiefs realm. Yeah, and so I I'm sold, like, dude, you're not going to get anybody to autograph that jersey. I'm sorry. When he, so I had a Tony Gonzalez autographed jersey in my old house yeah. in the basement. When we moved, I sold some of those. That was the first one to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. Sold. Take so, it. And I sold it cheap and didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Grant got a fist bump from Andy Reid. He got a fist bump from uh, Travis Ooh, Kelsey. Andy Reid? Nice. Yeah. Like, Coach. Yeah. I mean, he got some cool stuff, right? Um, and, and so then... Um, you know, flyover happens. So those four Apache helicopters, that was fucking cool because yeah. they were really low. Yeah. Like you could see landing I, gear. I like. thought it was probably going to be a helicopters. Cause, so normally, like when the B2 and the A10s go, they circle over my house. Right. Like, and I mean right over my house and they're yeah. low. Well, I didn't see any, which means it's usually helicopters. Yeah. Because they won't, they burn a lot of fuel. They yeah. won't just be out there for an hour right. messing around. Yeah, and so the the helicopters go over, and then there's like a minute or two before the game starts, and I notice like three people around me kind of looking backwards, and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Maybe there's a fight or something going on behind us, and so <laughs> that's another problem for another day. Yeah, it's like fights it's, every week, and man. so it's I so stupid. I turn around to kind of see what people are looking it's usually at. Usually from someone from Chicago. <laughs> I, I turn around to see what people are looking at, and I didn't like. It was kind of weird. I turn around and literally the moment my eyes focused, I was staring at Taylor Swift in Travis Kelsey's suite. She was right behind us. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. Like all those rumors are actually true. Like she's at Arrowhead. That's neat. Right. And so I tell the boys and the boys don't really care all that much. And right there, like that's my reaction. Right. Like, oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. Dude, people lose their minds. I oh, don't I understand. Know. So I don't get. The obsession with celebrities. People right. literally will spend I know. tens of thousands traveling to concerts. Travel, yeah. And I love music. You know I love music. I listen to music like eight hours a day instead of watching TV. Right. I don't get it. 
Well, I don't get the obsession. Like they would, they would cut off their left arm if they could spend a week with her, yeah. or any celebrity for that matter. I if just, they could spend ten minutes with her, they'd do it. I don't get it. And They're and so just people, I go up. Relax, crazy people. I go up to the bathroom and. Um, you know, I walk by her suite and there's a whole bunch of people trying to take photos and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. It's Taylor Swift and her, you know, she had like seven or eight people with her. Yeah. Um, and then she was sitting next to Travis Kelsey's mom, which was kind of cool. Um, and you know, like all that's going on. And I'm like, man, these like eight people are kind of like invading her privacy. You know, all these, yeah. all these people that are trying to take photos and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I go to the bathroom and I come back and like, every time I walked by, I kind of glanced over just because, you know, just to see kind of what's going yeah. on, right? Well, then, as the game goes on, after every play where Travis Kelsey caught a ball, instead of cheering, everybody turns around to check Taylor's response. Oh, and I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like, we're gauging our level of fun based on Taylor's level of That's fun. That's what I mean. Like, this is just an odd it's thing, fun. It's right? It's weird, man. Yeah. It's just so weird. And then, so by halftime, um, so... Going into halftime, my boys know that they can go up and get drinks and, and a snack and all this stuff. Like yeah, they have old. to wait till halftime, but yeah. you know, and and usually I go with them, but this time I was like, I'm just enjoying Mason's being down here. A, Mason's old enough. Yeah, so I give him my credit card and, and go. And he right? looks like an adult. He's 75 foot tall. Yeah, and so I give him my credit card and go, and they come oh, back. Shit, you give him the credit card? Yeah, dude, there'd be eight jerseys, <laughs> three footballs, yeah. nachos this big. Yeah. yeah, the biggest nachos they got. I bought a round for the whole stadium. Damn right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they come back and they're like, there's some cops up there now. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy, right? Well, then I go to the bathroom in like the third quarter. There's fucking 40 Jackson County sheriffs around that suite. Really? And they're, they're starting to set up like metal barricades. And I'm like, this is wild. And what it was, was by the time, by it's that time. the Swifties are all coming out and just Everybody in the shit. stadium had, had sourced where she was in the stadium. And they were all coming in to try to get a glimpse from all over the stadium. And so yeah. that, that whole area was like mobbed over. Yeah. Well, game gets over. And again, we don't usually sit down low. So game gets over and Grant wanted to hang out by the rail until the last player left the field because Grant was trying to get an autograph. Yeah. Right. And so I told Grant, take off your Jersey and let him sign your shirt underneath it because you probably got a better chance. And he still didn't got uh, again, a couple more fist bumps or whatever, but yeah, nothing great. Like I think he got a fist bump from Snead and, some stuff like that. He's a great player. Most of the big name players kind of hit the lot, like they do they their news quick. interviews and yeah. then they hit the locker room, right? Yeah. And so, but we stayed, I mean, you know, 30 minutes after the game got over. And so now there's almost nobody there. And so we go to leave and we were walking up the aisle and there's almost nobody in the stands anymore. And we get up towards the top and here's all these cops. And now there is like an aisleway barricade. And we have to walk right by the suite to leave. Yeah. There's like an aisleway barricade, and there are thousands of fans on the concourse really? lining this aisle of metal barricades. And we're walking through the middle of the barricade. Like, we're yeah. in. You're we're, trying to get out of there. We're, we're leaving, and it's the same path that you would leave the suite in. And so we're in the barricades. And so I, you know, crack a couple of dad jokes to the boys. I'm like, all this just because you guys are here. This is pretty crazy. You I'd know? be like, anybody want an autograph? You know who I am? <laughs> yeah. Like, just sign shit. Don't you know me? Just sign yeah. shit. Smedley Plumbing, right? <laughs> you know, little, little go-kart. Yeah. yeah just, just sign and shit. And, and again, I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Like, this poor girl, and I don't want to say poor girl like it's bad, but like, she literally can't go anywhere. Like, you and I go to a Chiefs game and we can enjoy it. 
She goes to a cheat like that Jackson County Sheriff shit. They don't do that for free. Oh no, they're sending her ass a bill, First right? Off, now, granted, she's got tour, the money. Her tour made like four billion. I think she's right, be right, fine. right. No, she's totally got the money. But like, can you mm. imagine? Like, for us to go to a game, it's like let's go buy tickets off StubHub and let's drive to the game and go. And for yeah. her to go to a game, it's like she, she can't fly public because she'd get mobbed on a plane, right? So she has to fly private, which I'm sure she probably owns a jet. First no off, big deal. Yeah, no big deal. But but for her to go to a game... Well, she's, and she has private security. She's got a... Yeah, private security, I'm private sure. jet. And then she's paying the local police authority of whatever jurisdiction to run security for her while she's out. Yeah. And then she's getting mobbed by paparazzi the whole time and yeah. everything. And I'm just like, man, that do is you, a... Do you think... I don't know if I envy that. Well, do you think that, like, if if something happened and next week you were that popular, you'd be able to handle it? No. I don't think I could either. Like, because I like, first off, I like my alone time and my space. Yeah. I'd be stabbing people. Well, and and I just. Think of it to this. You maybe you get used to it. Like, you have your circle and just outside of your circle of um, security or whatever, like, you just eventually, like, kind of block it out. Like right. a major league batter, right, yeah. and pitcher. They're sta- the only two people in the entire stadium that are doing anything, and there's literally 60,000 people watching them plus TV. Right. And they can somehow block everything out right. and focus. I mean, I would think that that would be the only way eventually like you could deal with it. I, I mean, or copious is, amounts of Xanax. So, I don't, I just, I don't know if I, I, I'm with you. I don't think I could do it, dude. You, you go major league baseball and that's literally part of the job, right? Part of the job is performing in front of 60,000 people in national TV. Well, and part of the job for her is being, but, but that's part but that, of her job now. But that's the thing is she's not on the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, a major league baseball player, they, they can mentally prepare to go to work. Right. Yeah, that's they true. can mentally prepare for true. the job today. That's very true. But they don't have somebody mobbing them at Chick Fil A when they're just trying to get. Yeah, could you, you imagine know, what it's like some to fries. never have to buy your own food again? That would just be weird. I right. mean, that would be you like know what I mean? you. That just would be weird. That would be like you going to Price Chopper and every single one of your customers are waiting there to mob you with questions about their, their plumbing service as you were trying to leave yeah, Price Chopper. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a so weird thing weird. to think. Like, and, and what's crazy is the light switch for me never really tripped until we were the ones walking down the barricades. Because those thousands of people, like they don't know when Taylor's going to walk out of that suite. Yeah. And so they're eyeballing everybody walking yeah. by because the next person could be Taylor, right? Yeah. And so, There's probably another exit. I wonder if she even went that way. Like no, she, she yeah, she left that way, okay. I'm sure. There's there's no other way to get in and out of the suite. Um, but it's like, holy cow. You know, and I know all these people aren't here for me, but like, could you imagine if they were and they're reaching over the barricades and trying to touch and grab and yeah. and holler and you know, everything like titty. man. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Well, she doesn't have any, right? Have you heard the joke that Travis Kelsey's great at pulling sixes? He pulled two of them this weekend. <laughs> 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 that is good. That's funny. Shit. So no, you know what the the best part? Like, like I'm a Travis Kelsey fan as far as football and stuff, but I don't watch any of his off fields. I don't care. Right. You know, whatever his podcast, I heard is pretty good. 
Well, with his, his brother, his brother is a hell of a personality. So his podcast is great. However, I've tried to listen to it and all of the great stuff is in the highlights. So I don't know if I'd say, say listen to the whole thing. Yeah. You can listen to the highlights and get all the awesome stuff. Yeah. The thing I will say is he was rolling around with her in the car that night that we heard mm-hmm. in a 60, I think it was a 68 Cutlass Supreme drop top. Yep. And for those of us that love classic cars, like that's not one I would choose, but mad respect. Like yeah. that's the car. That's and, the car to take someone out in. Yeah. Like she's been in a Ferrari. She, you know what I mean. She owns eight lamp. Yeah. Nothing. About, hey, look, we're taking the sixty-eight. Yeah. We're taking the Cutlass. Well, and, I mean, they're young, right? They're both under thirty. They're both thirty-three. They're both thirty-three. The only okay. reason I know that is because Joe and I were yelling at each other watching the game, like because we were we were literally like, are we watching a football game or are we listening to? Yeah. I mean, like, what the fuck? Yeah, I heard the news was, like, constantly streaming Dude, back was, to it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, like... So eventually, but eventually, him and I got in an argument because we'd been drinking and <laughs> wanted to put some money on it, and I said... But anyways, yeah, they're both 33. Okay. Um, so, like, imagine trying to even go on a date. Well, he had like, to buy that whole restaurant out just to take her. Well, and, and here's the thing. I don't think he had to buy the restaurant out just to take her. I think that happens a whole lot more commonly oh, than you think it does. Yeah, it does. And the only reason we know about it this time is because he took Taylor. Yeah, right. It, it happens all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's Sunday night, so it's a little yeah. different. Like, I mean, buying a restaurant out at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night is nothing. Well, and there's nothing. How do you think... Let me ask you this. You're Travis Kelsey. You're potentially the greatest tight end in the history of the biggest league. Yeah. In mankind, yeah, ever, okay. You make fourteen million a year, and you're the you're the one not carrying your weight in the relationship, money wise. Right, like, right, right. Yes. <laughs> like, like, how does that make you feel? Like, does yeah. it make you feel bad, or I, do you just not give a shit? Well, I, I think once you crest a certain point, it's not about pulling your weight money wise. It doesn't matter, right? Anymore. Like, like once your household income breaks hundred and fifty grand a year, I don't think it really matters pulling your weight money wise it's like terminal velocity at that point yeah like like you've got enough like you've your your income isn't i think it's more than that but well and and i'm just i'm just speculating like there's a certain point where your income is enough to where like money doesn't matter yeah they they say money can't buy happiness but but, you can buy shit that makes you happy well tell that to the guy (laughs) that can't pay his mortgage because he's making you know seven dollars an hour yeah you know what i mean yeah so um to a point, money buys a certain level of stability, and with stability comes happiness. Yeah. And then, again, to another point, you get you you get one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year in household income, and then at that point, it doesn't really matter who's pulling what weight. No, it doesn't. You know, but it's it, like they get they get together, and she wants to do add-ons to the house. So she's like, "Hey, me and my. Do you, do you think you could get a raise? Yeah. Like we have stuff we want to do. <laughs> I need well, you to get a new contract. <laughs> I think there was a video of." Talking about like whenever you're making that much money, your 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 cost of living. Like I think I saw a video of Shaq where it's like his like sign on bonus was I think it was like a million, but after taxes it's more like seven hundred, seven fifty. And talking about how like within like a week he'd already spent like all of it because you're with people who are also like crazy rich, and so you're just like they they have a thing of like oh I'm I want someone to outspend me. We've we've talked about that on the show too about how a, like as you grow and get more money instead of staying where you are and just putting that money away or investing it or whatever everyone thinks I need a new car right I need, I need a new house I've got to level up mm-hmm. yeah you know instead of having the 
wherewithal to say, mm. oh, shit, maybe I should stay right here. Yep. And maybe I should just stack that cash for something later. Right, right. Which is, you know, that's the classic why people hate Americans. Because yeah. they just think they have to keep leveling up all the fucking time. Right. Which, I'm not going to get us off topic, but, like, I even deal with that myself. Well, like, and- I think about it all the time. I'm like, man, why, why don't I just sell my house, get a fishing boat, live on the lake. Right. And I could literally just make a couple thousand dollars a month. And I'd be fine. Well, and I yeah. don't know, like that restaurant you know, they went to, I don't know how much it holds. I, I don't even know what restaurant they went to. I don't right? I have no idea. But um, when we did... I when not follow that stuff. I just, whatever I hear is... When we put on the big tip dinner down in Dallas, where we tipped the wait staff 14 grand, um, I was in such communication with that restaurant that we were we were one more quota increase away from having to buy out the whole restaurant. Yeah. And so like what was it? Do you remember? Or did you um, even get to that? Let's see. We had 140 people and it was 100 bucks a person. Um well, 180 a person. So 80 So um, they charge you per person that you're going to have there. There's not a flat, hey, if you want to buy the restaurant out it's 10 grand. Correct. For the night. This this particular it was Fogo de Chao. So oh, a Brazilian okay. steakhouse, you're like, it's not like you don't know what they're going to order. Yeah. Like they're going to, they're going to get the full experience and it's gotcha. 80 bucks for the full experience. Gotcha. And then it was a hundred dollars for the tip. So we were charging 180 bucks for people to come in. Gotcha. Right. Like, so yeah, like if you go down to third street social in Lee summit, that's yeah. not giant. And you're like, I'm right. sure they have a flat rate. That's yeah. You like, could hey. probably buy the, buy third street social out for 10 or 15 grand for the night. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Probably and 15 or 20. And so, but, but here's what's crazy is because everyone loves drama and everyone likes to, everyone likes to secondhandedly be inconvenienced by somebody else. Like I saw something, it was like a suggested post came across my feed talking about how, you know, the entitlement with Taylor Swift has to end like hundreds of restaurants. Well, it, it basically it said the entitlement must end. Hundreds of restaurant goers were forced to leave because Taylor Swift showed up at a restaurant. No, and exactly. No. What he, he, it, it was all planned. Yeah. They were told you're yeah. going to have to leave by 8 PM on a Sunday night, which who's at a restaurant after 8 PM on a Sunday night. Not very many. Not many yeah. Right. And they were all told ahead of time and everything else. Or, but or this they is, just didn't take any reservations for that night after six or something. Yeah. Like, cause and, if he, if he had made that or bought it out like the day before and said, Hey, at this time I'm coming, yeah. they're like, Hey, no reservations after seven. Right. We've got it handled. Yep. And, and that's what so fuck, people, God, people are so bitch ad- about everything. Well, man. they're so addicted to finding some level of drama, whether it's real or not. Right. Yeah. People and, are addicted to drama. The one. Yeah. That's why there's so many. And I don't get this either. Like there's so much drama on TV. Like it's all the drama shows and all, you know, everything. It's like, I yeah. can't. I don't even watch that shit. Dude, the I reason why I hate it. The reason people like, are addicted. I think uh, th- this is a weird theory I've had lately, but I think people like, so as you get older, like you have what they call adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. right? You know, you don't get as much adrenaline from whatever, but you have a bunch of kids, so you can't go out and party and you can't do all this crazy stuff that you need to do to feel alive. Right. And so drama, like I feel like drama and drama shows like give you just enough to yep. keep you going. And yeah. that's why it's so popular. Yeah. It's just a weird theory I, I have. No, uh, you're, you're spot on in, in, Another layer to it is like mediocrity is sensationalized and we're encouraging people to, well, let's just say like 
take go back to the Roman days. God, I would have loved to have been alive then. Okay. Why'd they build the Colosseum? To watch people die. R- right, but why? <laughs> like, what's the apparent reason that they built it? Entertainment. Entertainment because of why? People are bored. They wanted to distract the taxpayers. Oh, God, we're going to get deep. Are we getting deep? I'm, no, I'm, it's not deep. I'm just saying <laughs> that was literally why. Give them something to argue about. Give them something to fight about. Give them something to Give distract them. Give them something them. to hold their attention. Oh, it's right. Like, that's the Hunger Games. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's same. So the Hunger Games is like a modern-day movie of yeah. what was going on in the Coliseum, right? There's a whole lot of fucking parallels between that and the NFL, right? And you look at all of the layers of it, your media, your your ad agencies are buying ads on there to distract you even more, your fantasy football stuff, your betting. Yeah. Like, you've got guys that are pissed off on Monday because of what sports teams did on Sunday. Yeah. Like, there are guys, like, literally eating shit and performing poorly at work yeah. on Monday Yeah. because of what sports teams who don't even know who they are, yeah. what they did on Sunday. And it's yeah. like, man, there's a lot of people letting that control their life. Oh, yeah. yeah. D- not just control it, but, like, dictate it. Yeah. Like, literally, I have to be at work so I can make money so that I can gamble. Right. Like, that's literally <laughs> what people are freaking doing. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Joey and I have actually had this. We had this conversation all the time. Joey's my brother, for anyone listening that doesn't know. <laughs> I've I've told him that we should bring back like the Coliseum via days. Like instead of UFC, we have UFC and give them swords. Yeah. Do you know how many people would tune in left and right? You wouldn't tune in. It would all be pay-per-view and you'd make a billion fucking dollars. Yeah. Like literally you could tell you could have and he's always like, "Well, who would sign up for that?" I was like, "Everybody. Prisoners." Dude. I'm talking about to fight. If like, there's if there's a do, billion if there's billions of dollars out there to watch people's feet and stare at naked chicks on OnlyFans and wow, feet finder, a love turn. I'm just say, <laughs> no, I'm just saying if that's yeah, a right. if that's a billion dollar industry, yeah, you're right. Then watching gladiators fight to the death is a multi billion well, dollar industry. I, well, I mean, who would sign up to risk their lives? Prisoners, like in oh like, yeah, because like, they're well, fighting you, for their freedom. Well, you you no, you don't give them freedom. Well. Like, you don't give them freedom, but you're like, okay, if you keep winning, you live in this secure suite. It's structured freedom. It, you live in this secured suite that's got a pool and a shower, and it's a house, and we bring you hookers. And ladies. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and ladies. And food and yeah. booze. And, what you know, like, you live a regular life inside the prison. Yep. But you're fighting to the death, like, every two weeks yeah. or every month or whatever. You take a guy that's got life. Dude, I'd do it. He's going to do it. Dude, if I was in prison... And yeah. they were like, hey, look. Speed up the inevitable or make my last time great. Great. Like they're going to do it least, every time. Oh, dude. Yeah. If they charged if they charged $1,000 of viewing and you had five or six people, 10 people come to your house, people would, I'd pay it. Yeah. I'd fucking pay it. And me, I'd be like, yeah. Dude, they got dude. three fights tonight. One of them's brass knuckles. It's not to the death. Dude, the there's, people that, there's people that pay I, gobs of money to watch Cletus McFarland do a race of nothing but old crown Vicks <laughs> yeah, around a racetrack. I mean, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's nuts what, the, what they'll pay I, for. I'm saying, like, if you could somehow figure out a way to legalize it. Yeah. Everyone's here, heard it here first. If someone robs my idea, I want a fucking cut. Yeah. That's my idea. There you go. Damn it. Dana White, go after him. Fuck it. If Dana White starts it, I'm going to be 
<laughs> I'm going to be really pissed if he doesn't at least give me like a cut. Like at least pay for my give house. Me, give me $7, Dana. No, at least pay for my house so I can, you know, retire early. Come on. Well, just like the Hunter Games, like it's entertaining, but then it used to feel so far out. Like, oh, that's that's way fiction. But then you realize the Hunger Games is just a few wrong turns away. <laughs> like, I'm not mean. No, we're not. Yeah, we're not that far away. It's, from it's the just, a, it's it, just it's, a few wrong turns away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna? Do you want to talk about any topics, or are we just gonna so, ramble the whole show? What I got a funny about? joke for you. So we, we've. Oh, okay. Today we did our largest job to date with this government-funded program with these sump pumps. Okay. And so I thought it would be timely to do a joke about how to get government jobs. Well, let's okay? see what you got. It so, better be fucking good. There's been a build-up here. Yeah. So like, I'm just gonna say like <laughs> no in the pressure. last in the last seven weeks, we've done eighty thousand dollars in work for this government program. Just in this government program, we've done 80 grand in work. Okay. Do you know what your costs are? Oh, I know all that. Okay. But I'm just saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz, you, you, quiz you down later. If you want government contracts, here's what you do. Okay. So the president of the United States reached out to me and two other plumbers asking for bids to update some plumbing in the White House. Okay. Myself and two other plumbers submitted bids. Smith Plumbing. Bid the job at $3 million. Jones Plumbing bid the job at $7 million. And we at Smedley Plumbing bid the job at $10 million. Okay. The president then comes to Smith Plumbing and they say, hey, I need a breakdown on your pricing. And Smith Plumbing says, well, it's $1 million for material, $1 million for labor, and $1 million for profit. The president then goes to Jones Plumbing and says, hey, I need a breakdown on your pricing. And they say, well, it's $3 million for material, $2 million for labor, and $2 million for profit. And so then the president comes to me and asks me for a breakdown on the pricing. And, I mean, keep in mind, our bid's $10 million, right? And so I said, it's $4 million for you, $3 million for me, and $3 million for me to pay Smith Plumbing <laughs> to come in and do the job. <laughs> We start the job next week. That's really good, dude. So, if you want to know how to get government contracts, that's the formula. Oh, man, especially if you're a Democrat. I mean, I'm just saying. Four million for you, three million for me, three million In all reality, no, everything we're doing with this government contract is all above board. But Of this, this one is. <laughs> this one, maybe. the rest of them I mean, are if the president bullshit. of the United States reaches out, I'm greasing palms, for sure. Let so, make a show called you might, White House Plumbers. To be, I don't you know. You guys watch that? First off, if the government, if the White House reaches out, you want to be greasing up everything. I hear NASA's looking for plumbers. Why? Space I don't know. Toilets? I, yeah. So NASA actually put a post on Facebook saying they're looking for plumbers. I commented on it and I said, dude, my plumbing skills are out of this world. I am your man. <laughs> well, <doesn't> the, <laughs> if you need to catch poop out of the air, I can do it. Like, doesn't poop get ejected from the, the spaceship? I don't know. No. It, so what they do is it goes into a toilet. That toilet vacuums it in and then it vacuum seals it in a bag. Well, so now, it, they, keep I, in mind, they may we're letting eject, Hollywood tell us this, right? We may... No, I, I think I read that. So I think uh, it, does that count what you lose when you're getting shot up? Like, oh! <laughs> what's the what's what's the Tom Hanks movie where he gets stuck Cast in away? No, no, stuck in space. Apollo thirteen. Uh, Apollo 13. 13. 17, So in 13, Apollo thirteen, they ejected out of the spacecraft, right? Oh, do they? Yeah. And like he literally hits the flush button and then it shows it spraying out the oh, side I of the thing. Not, right? I do not remember that. And, but and that's so, hilarious. But then in the Martian, it's all vacuum sealed in little foil packs. 
It is? Yeah, because then he cuts it open to use it as fertilizer. Oh, yeah, that's right. For his potatoes. So that's like, right. We don't really know what happens in space. I'm just saying I'm, sure I'm that, down to find out. I'm sure that if we had a good producer, he could use Google and find out exactly what happens. I don't, I don't even know if Google's going to know that one. God, he didn't even get his phone <laughs> he out. He didn't even try He didn't even get his fucking phone out. <laughs> Maybe, I feel like not knowing and watching the dispute is more entertaining than actually knowing the answer. Uh, have you ever wanted Maybe. to stab someone in the eye with a pen? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Put this mic in front of my eye. <laughs> All right. So we have two actual. So we're actually going to talk about business here. We've been going for 30 minutes. Are we? Um, so we, we got two about? business topics. Uh, topic one is teachable moments, and topic two is becoming undeniable. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Topic one is actually inspired by Austin, our producer who refuses to get his phone out and look up how we flush shit in space. And um, uh, so in life... There are many, many teachable moments. Uh, this not only goes for uh, managerial experience. This doesn't. I mean, this this applies to business ownership. This applies to marriage. This applies to raising your kids. the The best teachers are the ones who use the impromptu moments that seem to arrive out of nowhere as teachable moments, and they will slow progress down or stop progress to use that moment as a moment to teach a young person something. I have the and answer. Dave is cracking open a Kit Kat here. I haven't had anything to eat, man. I got to have something. Yeah. I'm starving to death. Poop is vacuumed um, into garbage bags that are put into airtight containers. Ah, uh, so the Martian had it. Apollo you. 13, you were wrong. Um, You're wrong about space facts. Yeah, yeah. Just, I have space now, facts. Apollo 13 was a movie from the 60s, so maybe they were right in the 60s. Maybe is that it's the one changed. Where they take the monkey with them. No, Apollo 13 is where it suffers the failure in space, and they have a hard time getting back. Did you see the one at Apollo 11 where they land and there's a, the planet is all those like spiders? It's like a horror movie. Keeps taking them out. Oh boy. Apollo we're, 11. We're or Apollo 18. Yeah, we're off. We're the rails. off. I'm on the same train. I'm just like seven cars behind. Yes, that's right. I don't even know if you're on the same train. (laughs) No, I think you're on the one that takes mushrooms to board. I think he's on the caboose. No, I'm I'm the one that goes to Green Valley where like the the things come down and just never come back up. Yeah, it just stops. Yeah, Green Valley is a shit show. Um, Go ahead. So with teachable moments, there are, and this is really timely for us because we just hired two plumbing installers yesterday. And um, these guys are pretty green. And all they're going to be doing is doing some of these sump pump installs and then do like helping our other plumbers out on larger installs. Right. And eventually after a long enough timeline, they may be able to get to run some of their own jobs and stuff like that. But um, teachable moments are everywhere. And the speed at which a new employee learns all has to do with the management. Right. So many managers out there expect these guys to learn on their own. And then after three days, five days, seven days, a month, you know, whatever, they're like, oh, this guy's just not learning anything. Well, how many times are you stopping and teaching the guy something? How many times are you you recognizing, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't happen every day. 
So let me pause here for a minute and explain what's happening, right? So um, prime example, we have a very, very efficient system for installing these sump pumps. Um, so far, our record is two hours and 34 minutes, and we're done, right? We arrive on site, knock the sump pump out, and we're done in two hours and 34 minutes. And for those that know what you're talking about with plumbing, these are floor break sump pump installs. We have to jackhammer the floor. We have to dig the pit. We have to surround it with gravel, patch the concrete back, run the discharge pipe, install the pump, and install a new electrical outlet. And uh, our record's two hours, 34 minutes. Do you right? want me to go with you and set a new record? Um, yeah. I can run most, a wire, bro. Most beers drank in a sump pump install. I bet we could beat that time, <laughs> and I could drink and, three beers. <laughs> and drink beer. Um, so Easy. We, I mean, our truck is set up really well. Our inventory process is set up really well. Like, we're, we're really efficient, right? And then I bring these new guys on, and these new guys, they don't understand how much work has gone into the setup, right? So these new guys, they, they may not know much about plumbing, <clears throat> and they're like, oh, Man, plumbers charge a lot if they're only installing these in two hours and 34 minutes, right? They don't understand that we have a dedicated shop just for these jobs. We have two dedicated trucks just for these jobs. These trucks are stocked specifically for these jobs. Well, and they don't and, understand that you were doing the project before, five years ago, and knew what it took right. to even get the jobs. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I mean, there's... The 10 years of experience it took to even get to that point. Yeah. Before, you know what I mean? Right, right. There's a, there's a whole lot going into it. It's like the customer experience. You yeah, know, like they don't understand either. Right. And so where, where the teachable moments come in is so many guys forget how much experience they have. And they assume the new employee is going to just get up to speed quickly. And well, it's like, dude. they take for granted that they know all that stuff. You exactly. Know I mean? They just, they take it for granted that, hey, this is how it is. It's really easy. We get it done. Yeah. They don't even think about, man. How long did it take me to get here? Right. Right. And that's just natural human reaction, right? Yep. Like if you overthought everything like that, you'd never make it. Like well, you just right. lose your shit. Right. And you don't need to overthink it except when you're trying to teach somebody else to replicate your results. Yeah. Right. Like I want to see my crew beat the record of two hours and 34 minutes without me on site. Right. And Spiff, buddy. And. Well, they're 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 just for fun. They're paid per job. No, I'm saying just for fun if they beat it without uh, you on the job. Eh, you can't really encourage that kind I'm of behavior not, because then, then they're going to shut. I'm just saying if they do it. Eh, we'll see. God, you're a change. <laughs> but but like, I'm not like I won't get jealous if they beat it. I'm going to be like hell yeah, right? I train well, of them course. well. Yeah. And and so but but so many guys out there take for granted all of the stuff that they know and all of the preparation. And they're skipping over all of these teachable moments, right? Like my new guys, they don't know how important it is to monitor their truck stock perfectly because the reason we were able to do one in such a short time frame was perfect truck stock. And, and so like today, uh, today we did two of those jobs in one day. And, um, and so today, and, and plus some extra work on top of that. And so, you know, I was, I was taking plenty of opportunities to be like, guys, not only are we testing our truck stock every day we do these, but today we're doing two of them. So, like, if our truck stock is missing anything, we're going to find out about it today, and it's going to make the difference between us getting done today or having to come back tomorrow. Or work until 6. Or working until yeah. insanely late, right? And so, um, 
you know, finding those moments and, and every there's like, <clears throat> I pulled the jackhammer out of one of our newer guys hands today, because believe it or not, there's right and wrong ways to use a jackhammer, not only safe and unsafe ways, but there are ways to use a jackhammer that make it go faster. And there are ways to use a jackhammer that cut down on the dust. And so if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I own the freaking company, but I'm still walking over there and grabbing a jackhammer out of the guy's hand and showing him like, Hey, you're doing great. However, if you do it this way, it'll go a little bit faster and it produces less dust. Yeah. It may not beat you to death. And it may not beat you to death, yeah. right? And these jobs are tiring, so your energy is actually important. Are you right? using those Hitachi electric ones? <laughs> Believe it or not, they're, no, they're Harbor Freights. Are they electric, though? They're, they're electric, electric yep. Yeah. And, well, uh, over there where you're doing it, that concrete is usually pretty thin. Yeah, four inches. Well, I'll say this. It's anywhere from four to 14 inches thick. I, I do. So <laughs> I'm my, just saying. My brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, so he calls me, hey, I'm getting water in the basement, blah, blah, blah. We got to get it out of here. I said, well, we're not going to stop the water. It's like a rock foundation, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, let's just put a pit in. Water's going to roll. It'll get to the pit, and then it'll get out of there. So it won't be ruining everything. Right. Okay. I go over there. Dude, I'm not shitting you. That concrete was an inch thick. Yeah, those old stone foundation homes. An inch. It was literally like no you, gravel, no yep. rebar, no nothing. I mean, I busted. So I hit it with a sledgehammer like three times, and then I just got my east wing out. Yep. And then I just busted it with that. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, you feel is, like you could stomp on it hard enough and break is, it. Who is pouring these floors? Well, that's 100 years ago. I know. Yeah. I know. But still. But yeah, so, I mean, teachable moments are everywhere, right? And so, like, I actually, I kind of end up the other way, where I find so many teachable moments, I'm having to, like, choose what I share with the guy today and what I don't. And I try to keep it topical, and I try to organize it to where, like, today, every teachable moment's about preparation. Tomorrow, every teachable moment's about quality, and then, like, I try to group them together. Yeah. Because if you just scatter them all over the place, the guy's going to be totally confused. Yeah. You know, he spent 20 minutes talking about prep, and then he went on another 20-minute tangent talking about quality, and, like, I don't even know what we what he said. I, I like, lost interest, right? So you <laughs> kind of... my world. Yeah. <laughs> you you kind of have to organize some of those teachable moments, but those are mm. the differences between getting a guy in and getting him up to speed quickly or getting a guy in and saying, well, he just doesn't learn fast enough. These new kids don't want to try hard. Well, and it's, you know, like the best teachers are always teaching, right? Right. Like you're always teaching. But in construction, service, all of that, you do have to pick your moments. I like to pick them. If I see someone struggling with something, <clears throat> like like it it literally is, is making them mad and they can't figure out exactly why, yep. I try to use those moments. The the times when they're they're doing okay, but they're they're struggling and they're, but they're not doing exactly how I would do it. I just let them figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? I'll stand there and you know if they get to a point where it's like they're just not doing it, be like, hey, dude, just just do this. Right. That'll probably help you out. You know right. that'll work. But the actual stop everything, pull them down and say, hey, this is how we do it. Yep. Is when they're I. I I try to save it for when they're really struggling. Like it's obvious well, and that an, they're struggling and they're not getting they're not getting anywhere. Another right? another calculated way to teach. Teachable moments don't necessarily mean you're stopping productivity to teach a lesson. Teachable moments might be that you recognize this guy's painting himself into a corner and you let it happen on purpose because yeah it forces them to figure out hey how am i going to get out of this most of like if you look back on your biggest life lessons 
they're life lessons that you learned firsthand because you fucked something up, right? Yeah. Well, you screwed something up so bad and you had to figure your way out. And that's not really training either. Like that's, you're teaching them how to problem solve. Live. Yes, exactly. That's, you know what I mean? And you, so you have to be careful with those because you don't like, let's just say working in an electric panel is not one of those ones where you want to let the guy fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But. I, I mean, yes, there's obviously, that wouldn't be necessarily, that wouldn't necessarily be, that'd be more training beforehand. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to take this panel cover off. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to tell you exactly what not to do and not to touch. Right. That'd be training. Right. That's almost like scheduled training. Yeah. Guys, pay the fuck attention. Yeah. And if you're if you have any doubts, wear your rubber gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get into whole so like, like, what you should exactly be doing in a panel. But I don't know if I've told this story before on the podcast or not. I mean, um, probably my first experience <laughs> cutting cast iron pipe on a commercial job. I'd you never, have, yeah. but I love it. Let's yeah. hear it again. So <laughs> I, it makes me laugh. I've, <laughs> How dumb you were. I had no been offense. a plumber for like six years before I went to commercial and I had never used snap cutters before and I didn't even know what they were. And so they hand them to me and I thought they were like tubing cutters. And so well, that's what they look like. They, yeah. They, they, I mean, they look like they have a lot of cutting wheels. They're not very sharp, but I'm like, yeah, eh, whatever. And so, you know, I, I run the chain around the six inch cast iron and it's on a tri stand and I'm now <laughs> rotating the snap cutters around the cast iron and like 45 minutes later, my arms are jello, but I made the cut and, <laughs> um, and I just keep thinking like, damn, I am going to be a hoss after a few <laughs> years of doing like, this is freaking hard. Right. And so then I bring the piece over and it's like the most smooth cut edge ever because it basically like chewed through it. Yeah. And so then the guy's like, Hey, that's cool. Um, let me show you a little trick that'll make it go a little faster. And so then he brings out the ratchet and yeah. we go to cut the next piece <laughs> and he like three ratchets and pop and it snaps and we're done. And I, I was immediately humbled in that moment. I probably right? would have punched the guy in the face. Like, dude, you saw me over here. Yeah, like, yeah. What the they, fuck, bro? They totally saw me. Now, granted, this <laughs> this is on a giant job. It's one cut that took too long, right? However, yeah, not, it, it, you didn't kill the job. I didn't. I didn't kill the job. However, that opportunity taught me the like. There was no better way for me to learn how to cut cast iron than to learn exactly what it takes to do it wrong, and then to learn how beneficial it is when you do it right. I wouldn't say that, you know, I would say, I mean, he could have just said, yeah, you put the ratchet in it and snap, 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 pop yeah, and you're done and you're done. But the, but what it did do is teach you, um, like how to train someone later. Well, like that's probably the, the and, hidden lesson in there. And right? also it taught me to like, cause the whole time I'm doing this, I mean, it took me 45 minutes. Them guys were over there drinking beer, like man, this motherfucker. Well, they're over there <laughs> laughing and I'm not trying to look at them. Right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm the new guy on the job. And so, but the whole time I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. But I don't want to, like, I'm too embarrassed to walk over there and say, like, am I doing this right? I got, you know what I mean? Well, that's the other lesson, too, is it teaches you to be humble because you're like, maybe next time I should just set my price aside and just ask questions. Exactly. Before I go to- exactly. To be honest, after 10 minutes, I went and found a hot sauce and been like, hey, can I borrow your fucking hot sauce? Right. And I had that bitch whipped in half. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And, and so, like, when I when I have my new guys now, and, and with really with anybody, you know, one of the, one of the big things in any construction industry is safety, right? And so yeah. I tell them, I make sure to tell them at least five times on the first day. 
Like I want them to, I want it. Like I tell them until they tell me, I know. And, and what it is, is I tell them if you feel unsafe, you are. So bring it to my attention. I feel unsafe every five minutes. Well, and I've been doing shit for 20 years. That's just because you're around me and my sexual advances are too hard to pass up. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't mean it here, but that's funny as shit. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, oh, you know, if dark. you feel like you should have ear protection, you probably should. So yeah. come get me and find ear protection, right? Yeah. If you feel like you should have eye protection, you probably should. So yeah. come, like, there yeah. is no stupid, like, I, I tell my and guys. You probably stock it in the truck, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I tell my guys over and there. over, like, uh, you know, there is no stupid question other than the question you've already asked and that you told me you understood. I don't even mind if you ask the same question twice. Yeah. Because if you yeah, didn't understand forget. the answer the first time and you need more clarification, bring it on. Don't lie to me and tell me you understood it walking away going, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that's the dumb question is when you come back again after you've told me, got it. Yeah. Right? I want to hit what you said earlier, too, um, when you were talking about, like, guys are, um, owners are, oh, well, I just can't, this guy won't learn, this guy won't. You know, I can't train him. I can't do this. Like where we first started, the the whole mantra there was send them out on their own and see what the fuck happens. Yeah. Like there was no training. There was no learning. So basically what would happen is it like it was a revolving door 24-7. Yep. And the only people they kept were people that could literally learn extremely fast. Yep. And then figure out a way to get by. Well, and we, we like, got lucky. I will say, I, I, I will say... Like, I'm trying to think of how to say it. It's like make their own systems. No, no, not that. The systems and everything were in place, but you had to basically learn to do the work with minimal training or minimal help. You right. just had to figure it out. Now, if you were a very, very fast learner, like you and like me, that could just suck up information and mm -hmm. then figure out how to do it, it was a, a great benefit. Yeah. Because literally you could learn how to plumb a house completely from start to finish in one year. But that was because of us. That yeah. was because of the employee, not the training that was quote unquote in place or not in place. Right. Because there was no training in place. Right. right. But there wasn't what, a training structure. It was, Oh, we're doing finish today. I guess you're going to learn finish. Yeah. You know, oh, we're doing gas pipe today. I guess you're going to learn gas yeah, pipe. Good luck. But yeah. what the problem with that is, there were a lot of plumbers that came and went or guys that came and went that could have been really good if they just would have been given some serious training yep. or, uh, you know, someone in management that was like, hey, look, you're struggling with this. This is how we do it. And with a, just a little bit of care, yep. literally, instead of having 10 plumbers, they could have had 30 plumbers and been fucking rolling. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because the processes for doing the job were in place, but the training fucking sucked ass. Yeah. And, and where, so where that kind of comes down to is, is recognizing how your guy learns. Um, yeah. no one's know, the same. Yeah. You and I were the type of like, <clears throat> give us some basic parameters and set us out on our own. We're going to get 90% of it done. We're going to fuck 10% of it up. And all you're going to have to do is come back and help us with the 10%. Yeah. You and, know what I mean? And after six months, we'll have it. Right. And like you the worst, I mean? the worst we were going to do was like ruin some PVC fittings, maybe a couple of Tapcon bits and all of that. Like, I'll never forget the first finish you went and set. You didn't know. This isn't good. No, yeah. 
This isn't good. I don't you, know where this is I remember is this as pure as gold. So you went and set a finish first time out of the gate. You'd never set a water heater before in your life. You didn't know that they had water heater flue pipe. And you also didn't know that you could chuck a quarter inch bit in your drill. And so yeah, I do remember that. So oh, you like, went, I was down there with a quarter inch hand driver. You, you went with a quarter inch nut driver in. and in <laughs> elbows. Yeah. And you ran like seven feet of flue with yeah. nothing but elbows. And you were so proud of yourself yeah, because you I put three that. screws in every connection yeah. and it was all by hand. Yeah, I remember that. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, I shit you not. It was like nine or ten flue elbows. It was a lot of elbows. You made pipe out of elbows. Now listen, <laughs> it wasn't nine or ten. I think it was like four no, Weird. it was a lot more than that. I think it was like four. No, it but was I a remember, lot more than that. I remember it was an it was an or a clear orange handle. Yep. Hand quarter inch nut driver. Yep. And I drove like sixteen screws and, by hand. And the only metal. reason I remember it is because my I, hands hurt for like three days. <laughs> I didn't know any better, but I I came to the job later with either Bobby or Harvey. I can't remember who. I came to the job later. I remember this and they were, I went back. They were laughing and kind of shaking their head like, oh, my God. This, like He, he yeah. did this like literally the hardest way possible. And, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like using it as a teachable moment for me. I'm like, well, what did he do wrong? Like, I don't even know what's wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just as new, and I don't recognize what's wrong. So I'm like, what did he do wrong? Like, I don't want to do that again. But that's what they would do. They would just throw they would you, just out send there, you out there. And they'd right. say, okay, do this. Like, I remember Bobby calls me, and he goes, hey, dude. You take this chuck, this quarter inch. And I was like, well, I don't have one of those. He's like, there's not one in the drill box? I was like, no. You got to get one. He's yeah. like, you got to get one. I was like, but, well, fucking where do I get one? Right. And, and like, so that's. I wouldn't tell you fucking anything. But, but that's like, a, it's kind of a testament to your, your dedication, right? Like, you didn't give up. You didn't walk off oh, no. the job. I will, I will work that motherfucker to death. Right. I, I will beat that donkey till you can't tell it was a donkey. <laughs> like that, what was that? It's a pile of fur, bitch. That's what the fuck that is. Yeah. Like I will, I will literally, I mean, I will, and, and not everyone has that. Like you have that, right? Like I will literally, I, like, but, so I, but whether you have it or whether you don't is not the, it's not really the point, right? Like some no, people have it. Point. No. Some people have it and some people don't. And if they have it, great. But if they don't, it's the manager or the business owner's job to exactly. recognize that exactly. and find another pathway to teach them. Yeah. So like my newer guy today, he's great. He will not do anything unless you ask him to. And that does not mean anything bad, right? No, that means he's just... It he's, means he doesn't want to fuck anything up. Yeah. And he will, he will literally do everything I ask him to do it, but I have to ask him first. Well, he's just shy probably too. Like a little bit It's his second shyness. day and he's yeah. never done plumbing in his yeah. life. Like he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And I guarantee if you went to him tomorrow and was like, hey dude, when we're doing stuff and you're not sure what to do, just jump in and do something. I didn't even have to do that. Like, no, I'm just saying if you were to tell him that. Oh yeah, he would. He would just start doing it. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, today, but that's your job. By it's, the it's not his job. It's your job, or who's ever training him, or yep. whatever. It's their job. By the end of the day today, he's caught on to the fact that we're kind of winding down and we're starting to pick up. We're tidying up like wet concrete, and so like I literally, I've got <clears> one <throat> more pass on this concrete before I'm done with it, and so I put the finish trowel in the bucket of water. And I'm kind of waiting for, like, I got to wait another 10 or 15 minutes for it to dry up a little bit more before I can put another pass on it. And because I'm the business owner, I do have to check my phone occasionally and catch up on some messages and shit. So I put the finish trowel in the bucket 
and I pull my phone out and I'm catching up on emails and everything else. Next thing I know, I look around, he's already picked up the bucket and he's like packed all the concrete tools up. Yeah. And I'm like, like, getting the fuck out of here. I'm like, this is badass. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely not going to chastise him for picking up and cleaning. No. But I'm like, hey, I do have one more pass on that. So I do need all that back. Well, okay. And you can always just say like, Hey, I didn't think I was going to need to, but I think I need to make one more pass on it. Well, and I just let them know, like, the concrete bucket's like the last thing that we're picking up. Yeah. You know, but but again, so many people are so narrow-minded with their teaching of the new guys. Yeah. That if the new guy doesn't learn exactly how they learned, they chalk it up to the biggest failure in the world. Yeah. And it's like, no, people learn on different levels. People learn visually. They have to see it. People learn vocally. They guys, have to hear it. especially. Right? And then people learn, like, Text texturally, they have to do it right. Yeah, and so really, until you learn, until you recognize how your new person learns, you can't hold a candle to anything. Like you got to figure out: do they learn by telling? Do they learn by doing? Yeah, or do they learn by like you know seeing me do it? Like if I show you how to do it once, are you good from there? Yeah, and and and, and to be honest with you, with this newer guy that I have, we're two days in, and I still don't know how he learns yet. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, I've tried a couple of different things, and we'll see. Yeah, and it's like you know, a lot of people like me, for example, I can visualize. Like I know, like if I walk into a house, and this is just an example, and I look, I know exactly what the duck layout is going to be in the basement and how it's going to look. Right. Right. If I go down to remodel my office, or we're going to rearrange furniture in the living room. I just know, like I can picture, okay, that's how it's going to look once we do it. Lots of people can't do that. No. Until they've done it a bunch, they can't do it. Right. You know what I mean? Those people are harder to teach. It's harder for them to learn a specific craft. Yeah. Which means that you've got to be more patient and you've got to figure out a way to get them there. Right. Right. Whether it be, hey, a checklist. Whether it be, hey, this is how just I want these specific things to look when it's done. Right. And then how do we get there? Yep. You know what I mean? Like if you go in a house and you look around real quick and you're like, oh, some pump's going to go there, pipe's going to go there, and you can visualize it, that's what's going to happen. Right. You know, not everyone's like that. You right? got you to recognize, like as a person that's able to do that, you got to recognize you've got, like for my, my case, you know, 20 plus years of experience yeah. to be able to walk in and within 10 minutes, I know where it's going to go. I know how it's going to be routed. And I know that I can go out to my truck and write a dead-ass accurate material list for how I would put it in, right? Yeah. And, and those are the teachable moments that you need to be focusing on with your guys. Yeah. As, you, as you're bringing new guys on. You need to be recognizing all of that stuff. It's tough. So, what else do um, you want to talk about, Mitch? Second topic. <laughs> Becoming undeniable. I so, don't even know what the fuck that means. What this means is, so what we what we end up with is we have a lot of guys who start their own business and they don't focus wholeheartedly on the customer experience. And so what happens is they end up under-delivering on the customer experience and then they get all butthurt when the customer leaves them a bad review. Or they get all butthurt when a customer is extra difficult right yeah or they have a lot of callbacks and they don't know why or right like any of those things yeah that that becomes a problem you right okay? yep i, I burped <laughs> I thought you were gonna um, throw up <laughs> so um <laughs> becoming undeniable what that centers around is the idea that you are undeniably providing the absolute best service available 
right? And when you focus on providing the absolute best service available, you get, you, you need to do it. And then you need to get the feedback from customers that show that you're actually doing it. And then now you're in a position to start chalking some customers up to unpleasable. The problem is you end up with some guys and, and the easiest barometer for this is going to be guy, like, let's say you got guys that start their own business and they have like a 4.6 rating on Google. And, and maybe they have less than 100 reviews and they have a 4.6 rating. Yeah. Those guys like to try to take the easy route and say, well, you can't make everybody happy. Right. Yeah, that's the cop out. It's the cop out, right? Yeah. Whereas it's at 100 reviews, if you have a 4.6 rating on Google, it's obvious you aren't focused on becoming undeniably the best service provider in your area. And so if you focus solely on the customer experience and delivering the absolute best customer experience imaginable, and, and then you get, you get the feedback, like in your Google reviews or whatever review metric you're using, you get the feedback that shows that. Well, then when you do encounter an upset customer or a difficult customer or somebody that's hard to please, now not only do you focus on delivering the best service and you have the feedback that shows you deliver the best service, well, now you actually have a leg to stand on to say this particular customer is unpleasable. All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer and it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. Right? Yeah, 100%. And so it's, it's this phenomenon in our industry where we we like to deliver shitty service or not solve their problem on the first visit. Like we promised them we would or oversell them something that doesn't actually fix why they called us Yeah, or, or whatever the case may be. The HVAC industry, like it's, it runs rampant in the HVA industry, awful. right? Like it's it, awful. It's the, what's the, what's the number one fix for any problem out there? Refrigerant. New system. Well, refrigerant. Well, if it's not refrigerant. It's, New system. Dude, I can it's remember new, it's refrigerant or new system. As as the plumbing manager at a larger company, I I office I shared an office with the HVAC manager, and I can remember him looking at customer files and being like, he he would like hold it up and look at me or, or swing his computer screen over. Yeah, look at this, bro. And he'd be like, look at this, look at this. So we've serviced this customer twice a year for the last four years. Watch, and they have a heat pump, right? Yeah. And he'll be like, look. Four years ago, we went out and we added a pound of refrigerant. Three and a half years ago, we went out and we took out a half a pound of refrigerant. Yeah. Three years ago, we went out and we added a pound of refrigerant. Yep. Two and a half years ago, we took out a half a pound. Like, 
every time we go out, we're taking out or putting in a half a pound or a pound, right? Yeah. And he's like, these guys actually think they're solving problems out here. And really what it is is they're not exacting in their process. And one's checking it one way, one's checking it the other way. And if you check it this way, it's going to show a half a pound or a pound off from when you check it this way. Well, and it's just... It's like the half pound is it's easy to get off on a customer like hey it's just going to be a half pound. Oh, I pulled a half pound, it should be fine. Like it's easy to sell them on that. Right. The real problem, oh man, we're going to get off tangent. The real problem with the HVAC industry is people that go out and are working on shit don't know shit. Like it literally takes for you to um, and I'm not bashing plumbers here, but for you to actually know what the fuck you're doing and mm-hmm. have some serious experience, it takes five years right. of in the field training and running calls. Okay. It's not, I'm a plumber and after a year and a half, I can, I can do 80% of the work, right? right? Like there's no 80% when you're servicing really old heat pumps and really old air conditioners, you got to know what the fuck you're looking at. People don't know, like, first thing, filters dirty, filters not dirty. That changes your airflow, which changes your uh, refrigeration charge. Right. After that, you have to check the actual A-coil. It's the same thing as a filter. If that motherfucker's plugged up, you're screwed. Right. Okay? And then people don't know, well, the blower's on. Well, does the capacitor for the blower actually the right, is it actually running like it's supposed to, so that that thing's actually running at the right RPMs? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, how do you check that? Right. I don't know. I mean, I blame, like, it's it's really the fault of these big companies that will just hire guys off the street and then be like, oh, we're sending them out there. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, and especially around here, like, you can, you know, we had a trade winds call the other day with um, David that lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it Chicago? Well, Chicago area. Chicago area. And he was saying, look, as a master plumber, you can only have, what, two apprentices? Mm-hmm. And they have to be under you for so long. Down, like, in the HVAC industry, I see how that works. That makes sense. Yeah. Because people are literally getting screwed because these kids don't fucking know nothing. Right. Down here, you can hire any Joe Blow off the street, and when someone calls and says, my AC ain't working, you send him out there with a set of gauges and a jug of refrigerant, like, let's see what you got, buddy. Right. That shit don't work. Right, It right. doesn't work. Well, and, and now with everybody on incentive-based pay and what's the best thing in HVAC is a new system. Yeah. So they're like, they train, like, some of the shit. They shitty, train them to sell. Yeah. They're like, you know, they, like they, they have a sales process for every deficiency in the system. Like, oh, dirty air filter? Here's the sales process to turn a dirty air filter into a new system. Yeah. Right. Which is complete fucking oh, horse shit. Bad capacitor. Here's the here's the sales process to turn yeah. that into a new system, right? Yeah. And so and I'm not necessarily knocking it because you, you can't should be it's horse shit. Well, you can't beat new, right? Like some people want new and you can't beat new. First off new installed properly is is the best route. You want to talk about that? But a five year old like I've got a neighbor. They've been in their house like seven years, right? They had somebody come out and they're like, oh, your AC shot. Need a new AC? And it's like, dude, your AC is like seven years old. There's no fucking way you need a new one, right? No, you don't need a new one. Call in somebody else. Oh, just need a capacitor. Oh, my God. Right? And so, 
like capacitors are twenty dollars, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, they're tw- I, I'm saying, but the I, skill to diagnose it and everything. You should be okay spending four hundred bucks on a capacitor yeah, for the. You should be okay spending three to four hundred. The, the skill yeah. to diagnose it and the the ethics. Yeah. To not like, there's that, value in the fact that he didn't say I need a new system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, there there are people that know the trade better than others, and one of the most annoying things out there is you get a guy who thinks he's really good in the trade because he's really good at selling repairs. And those are two completely different things. Yeah. Right. Like, and so for me, like it's a fault for me and I've always known this. I can fix anything. Right. Like I, and I will, I would never ever pressure anyone into buying a system ever right like if they said hey i want a system i would say hey are you sure like yeah. that and that's a mistake right no not necessarily but I that's can, a great sales tactic actually well yeah and i always had life i still have people fucking call me and i i'm look i'm not doing it i right. don't know what to tell you but like i could fix anything right i can always diagnose the problem and get to perfect and get it fixed yeah 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 like that's a problem for me <laughs> yep so there are um and, and I'm not using this moment to brag. I don't want to say that at all. Yeah, right. But Austin and I put some videos on YouTube, and we're learning that there are some things where, like, I know, uh, I know plumbing to a level that a lot of people don't. Okay, I have an understanding at plumbing at a level that most people don't. Yeah. And so we have a video on YouTube for thermal expansion tanks. And we put it up eight months ago. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it on my phone right now. We put it up eight months ago, and it has 178,000 views. And it has 1,000 comments. Okay? Um, most of those comments talk about how awesome the video is and how this is a great training tool and all of that. Yeah. I'm going to say 1% of the comments, so 10 of them, are going to be some fucking morons that are like, you don't need thermal expansion tanks, never needed them, don't need them. Yeah. You know? Well, they also live in extremely low-pressure areas. Or they live on a well where you don't need a thermal expansion tank if you're on a well. Technically. Because your bladder tank acts like a thermal expansion tank. Damn it, Mitch. I was trying to show my plumbing expertise (laughs) with bladder tanks, and you fucking took my glory. Uh, But... Man, what this what this video means, and I'm Son not bragging about views on a video, right? Like 178,000 views on a fucking thermal expansion tank video. That's a lot. It's kind of crazy. But what it shows is there are 178,000 people out there that didn't know exactly how thermal expansion tanks work. There's worked. more than that. Right. There's absolutely more yeah. than that. But in the last eight months, there's nearly 200,000 people out there who didn't know how thermal expansion tanks worked and why you need them. They know now, baby. And now they know after watching our video, right? Yeah. We have another one for how to diagnose problems with electric water heaters. And that's got 80,000 views in a year. Electric water heaters aren't anything new. They've been around no. for years, forever. right? I just had to change my expansion For tank our yet, video to have... Well, they don't last forever. No, they don't. Right? I'm um, not mad about it. I'm just saying it's odd that you brought that up. I just had to change for <laughs> for our one year old video to have eighty thousand views for how to diagnose a, a, a electric water heater. You know where it keeps popping the red reset button. Like what and, was the, what was the diagnosis? Well, we we walk through all the things it could be. Oh, okay, I got and you. and we use a, we use a multimeter and uh, show everybody. 
what you're looking for, yeah. right? Um, like and when you say that to me, like what we were talking about earlier about um, people that have been in the, and like you say, well, I used a multimeter. Well, yeah, no fucking shit. But that's there, taking for granted the fact that I've, I know, you know what I mean? Like right. I know. Well, and there's shitty ass plumbers out there that they walk up to an electric water heater that's got cold water and they, what do they say? Well, I guess you need a new one. Yeah. You and it's only like, need a new one if the fucking tank's leaking. Uh, on an electric water heater, especially. You can a rebuild <laughs> kit at fucking Home Depot. What's it at Home Depot now? I have no I, idea. I wouldn't buy one at Home Depot, but still, like they're the same fucking ones they sell at I mean, Ferguson. What's we, a rebuild kit at Ferguson? To fully rebuild an electric water heater with two new stats and two new elements, I think we're like six hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. So for six hundred bucks, you essentially like get a brand new unit. Yeah. As long as the tank. As isn't long as the leaking, tank isn't leaking, you're good. I think right. on the video too. Not only is it helpful for for one plumbers like watching other plumbers work, two for the DIYers, but I think three it kind of gives a customer who still wants to use a plumbing company, but at least they they at least know if they're going to be bullcrapped or not. Right, right. They and can so watch it ahead of time. That's the, a good point. Well, right. and and that's where I'm going with this is um, yesterday I had a a friend. Call me up over the weekend. <laughs> you said friend, like not. Well, you mean acquaintance? We, we've never hung friend? out outside of work. I'll okay, say that. Gotcha. But we we chat fairly often online and all that stuff. They live local here in Blue Springs. He messaged me on Sunday. I was actually in the middle of the Chiefs game. He's not a real estate agent, was he? No, no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm in the middle of the Chiefs game, and he's <laughs> messaging me saying that his parents' um, water heater is not working. Right? I think it's his in-laws' uh, water heater is not working. And he's like, we were watching their house. I went over there. It's leaking from the top and the bottom. Oh, it's a six-year-old gas water heater. It's toast, right? And so only six years old, and it's leaking water. Well, and then he even did the research to find out that it wasn't a Home Depot or Lowe's water heater. It was purchased at a professional plumbing supply store. So it's a good water heater, and it's leaking in six years. Nope, it's out of warranty. Mm. So it's like six years and three months or something. And so I tell them like, yeah, we can get out there. I actually have we hold first calls open. So if you're a if you're a plumbing company or any home service company, the last call you book on a Monday is your first call. That's your gold, right? Yeah. You're gonna have people calling in over the weekend that have an emergency that they've held off on calling. Your first call on Monday is your ticket, right? Yeah. So we book our first calls last, and so I, I'm like, I actually have a first call available tomorrow on Monday if that works. And he's like, I'll make it happen. Right. So we get our guy over there. He gives him our three water heater package options. Like we always do. The guy picks the middle option. Um, for, for one, the guy's got a hundred pounds of pressure coming in. Was there an expansion tank on it before? There was an expansion tank. There Just was failed. a PRV. The PRV was never set properly. So they have a hundred pounds of pressure coming in and the expansion tank was cavitated. So uh, the expansion tank failed. Right. Yeah. Which means they put the PRV on and never adjusted it. And they put the expansion tank on and never aired it up. Yeah. Okay. So, well, they could have aired it up, but if you don't, I if, doubt it. If you don't balance that PRV, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. So, he, um, for all of you that don't think I know about plumbing, get bent. Yeah. I do. <laughs> so we give him the options and we, we end up selling him a water heater and an expansion tank. And he would not want to buy a new PR, new PRV. And he asked if we can adjust the current one. And the current one was like seven or eight years old. And we were like, 
we're, we don't like to do that because when you do that, they can develop some harmonics. They can start chattering. They can start groaning. And well, it's, it's, it depends on what brand it is, too. If it's a really good one, eh, I mean, it just kind of depends, 50, right? It's a 50-50 shot. And, and so, like, in plumbing, if we touch it, we own it. So if we try to make an adjustment to it and then now it starts groaning, then you're going to look at us and be like, it didn't do that until you tried to adjust it. And so, just essentially, up front, man. well, that's what we did. We told yeah. him, like, if we try to adjust it, you have to be ready to buy a new one. And he's like, I don't even want to mess with it. Just do the expansion tank and the PRV. Or expansion tank in the water heater. Yeah. So then his plumber, his plumber of 20 years calls him back, right? And keep in mind, he called his plumber on Sunday and his plumber didn't return his call. The we guy booked, that put the one in that's The guy that put the out. one in that's now yeah. leaking, right? And so... I want to call him back either. Um, Fuck that. Sunday, so he out. he calls him Sunday as we're cleaning up. We're already done. And we're, we're wrapping Monday. up the job. Or Monday. And, and we're wrapping up. And... He's like, hey, how much would it have been to put in a new water heater? And of course, the plumbers, and this is the shittiest thing ever. If you're a plumber, don't ever fucking do this. Don't take the opportunity to give your customer some low ball number to make them regret who they used. Oh, but like, that happens a lot. It happens all the time. Like, like most plumbers won't put a water heater in for fourteen hundred dollars. They'll say they'll do it, but they'll say they'll they do it after they've the lost the opportunity just yeah. to freaking put a sword in there and twist it a little bit, right? Yeah. So this guy's like, "Oh, I would have put it in for fourteen hundred dollars," and well, it's maybe like, "You should have fucking called yesterday, bitch." Right. <laughs> and then he's yeah. like, "I can have a crew out there in an hour." Bullshit! You didn't even call him until noon on Monday. Yeah. Like, get so over what the it. Guy right? Do was he a dick about it? No. So he he calls up and he's like initially upset that he thinks he overpaid for his water heater and all this stuff. And so it took thirty or forty minutes of talking with him, but because we're undeniable, I was able to tell him like. You know, who put that other water heater up? Well, that's my plumber. Okay, well, we already know Don't the water... Don't you think it should have fucking lasted more it, than six years, bro? Right. Maybe and he should have taken some time to add an expansion tank. Exactly. And jack off. Well, he he put in the expansion tank and the PRV at the same time, but I'm like... Well, you know what I mean. Our, I meant our indications, like it's impossible to prove this, but typically when we see a six-year-old water heater that was put in with an expansion tank and a PRV, and the PRV's not adjusted properly and the expansion tank is cavitated and the water heater has failed typically means that they put in the right equipment but they did it with the wrong knowledge level and they did not set them properly yeah 100 pounds of pr- that's a lot of pressure where it's is a this lot. at here in blue springs does it need to be 60 80 oh, 80 is the so maximum nice. allowable in a house so i prefer 60 that's, what, um, that's okay. what i have in my house is 60 i think mine's at like seven i edit these videos so much where i'm like i think i'm like over the next five years, I'll just become a plumber. He might mind. be. <laughs> yeah. Never turned a wrench, but he might know everything, right? I know um, I know just enough to be a pain. You know just enough to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, talking with the guy long enough, I was able to convince him, like, you know, I understand your, pl- your other plumber might be cheaper. However, look what cheap got you. Cheap got you a water heater that failed at six years and your guy's not standing behind it. Whereas the water heater we just put in, we're, we gave a 10-year warranty on it, and we're going to stand behind it in 10 years. Yeah, when you call me on a Sunday like you did last time, right? I'm going to say, oh, shit. Yeah, and, and that's and under warranty, bud. We're going to get you Be fixed. out there tomorrow. Right. And so, um, you know, the, the conversation went well. It never escalated. Nobody yelled or anything like that. And by the end of it, he, w- he recognized that you get what you pay for. 
and chasing the cheapest price didn't actually benefit him, right? Right. And so the the conversation started out with, you guys screwed me and I wasted all this money. And the conversation finished with, yeah, you're right. This water heater probably is going to last longer than six years, right? Yeah. And so, and then it, it even finished with it, his other plumber coming and adjusting the PRV. It, he was going to come that evening and adjust the PRV. And I warned him, here's the things you might experience. And if you do experience this, it's not even your, I'm not taking the opportunity to throw your other plumber under the bus. It's not your other plumber's fault. Some PRVs after sitting for seven years with no adjustment, yeah, they don't like to be adjusted. Yeah. And so they start that making all these noises. Like the, they they break a diaphragm. Like you just yeah. don't know. And, and so, you know, we, we, capped it all with like if you touch it you own it and we just don't like to touch it because then you're going to try to blame it on us so it's better for us to say like if we touch it we'd rather replace it yeah you know and so but but the reason i'm saying all that is because i was able to actually reference our youtube video on thermal expansion tanks and that video gave us credibility and he actually looked it up while he was on the phone with me and he's like damn 170,000 views like you must know what you're talking about. And I'm like, we do. Yeah. And and that's, that's why. why. expensive, bitch. Right. And, and you. Where's my check? You get what you pay for. Like, right. we don't have water heaters that fail inside of six years. Our water heaters last forever because we install them properly. Yeah. And, and so becoming undeniably great at what you do, there is zero consequences with that. If you focus on delivering the best customer service and if you focus on delivering the best service outside of the customer service you focus on delivering the most educated service to the equipment you're going to be undeniably great at what you do and when you do that and you come up with these difficult customers you can use it to your advantage and you know this guy he's not leaving us a bad review he he called in upset at how much he spent he ended the phone call perfectly okay with what he spent and now he's probably calling us in the future and not his other guy from here on out because yeah. he realizes yeah, his other guy gets him yeah. a half-life. Yeah. So his other guy saved him a couple hundred bucks. The first time. The first time. But actually cost him. But actually cost him because yeah. he had to replace all the equipment six years later because it fucking blew up. Yeah. So. Um, that's well said. And that's, that's part of why you want to become undeniable in your industry. And if, you, if you're wanting to start your own business and you don't have the initiative out there to be the best at what you do, then you probably need to check yourself on why you want to start your own business. Because if, if you're wanting to start your own business for some kind of cash grab, you're going to have a poor Google rating. You're going to have tons of upset customers because everybody can see right through the cash grab. Well, now, or, or, or just raise your level. Like yeah, take get this better. As, as an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't go to that next level, even though I know how to be there and I, I yeah. have the knowledge to be there, but I wasn't going to try to do that. Just do it. Yeah. Like yeah. just raise your level. Well, and, right? and you know, and so here's the perks of becoming undeniable. Um, and again, I'm not saying this to brag. We have 750 Google reviews and they are, we, have, we still have a 5.0 rating, right? I've only ever heard of one company out there that has crested a thousand Google reviews that still has a 5.0 rating. And they aren't even a home services company. They're actually a mortgage company. They, they buy and sell homes. Uh, um, how is that possible? They're not they're real sleazy. They're not realtors. Well, these, these people do it right. Okay. Sleazy motherfuckers. Um, but, um, 
for a home service company to have 750 Google reviews and still a 5.0 rating, like customers don't question that. So what I'm saying is we focus so much on delivering the proper customer experience and we focus so much on delivering the best service experience yeah, out there. you gained that trust before you start. We've gained the trust, yeah. right? So when a customer calls in upset at what they paid for a water heater, they can check our Google reviews. They can check our YouTube videos well, and the, and the crazy amount of views. You up. Exactly. It's your backup. It's undeniably... That it's undeniable that we are the experts in the field. Yeah. And the guy that you're trying to compare us to that didn't call you back until one o'clock on a Monday and that didn't put in a water heater that lasted longer than seven years. Yeah. Like we don't even hold a candle to that guy. Like that guy's in a totally different class. Yeah. And so it solves all of those upset customer conversations to be like, yeah, you did pay more, but look what you got. Yeah, it gives you ammo. You got the best out there, right? Yeah. And so that's the benefits of becoming undeniable is is it solves a lot of those poor customer interactions for you. And the, th the thing is, though, it takes conscious effort to be that. Yes. Like you can't just... Focus. You, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to be the best, and there's just... No, you have to... You have to put the processes in place. You have to have the training if you have guys. You have to go above and beyond. And you have to be literally thinking about that on every job. And every stinking job. And you got to be thinking about that. A very important part of this, we've tweaked our customer experience multiple times since we've opened. Okay? When we get the people calling in, questioning their bill, questioning their experience, and all of that stuff... I still go back and analyze the customer interaction yeah. and, and learn and recognize, did we drop the ball on our process or is our process in need of improvement, right? And so we've tweaked our process several times because maybe we get two or three people call in with concerns and their concerns are like, yeah, our process doesn't really cover that. So we need to mold our process to now cover that concern. Yeah. So in this case, we didn't have to do that. But in other cases, we have, right? We've had to modify our process a little bit. And that is part of becoming undeniable is you are, without fail, you are constantly in quest of delivering the best customer service. And the wrong position you can take is assuming you deliver the best customer service, right? Like There's always room for improvement. Right. We have a 5.0 rating and 750 Google reviews, and I'm still looking for ways to improve our customer experience. Yeah. And, and if we, if I wasn't doing that, I guarantee you, we wouldn't have a 5.0 rating. Guarantee yeah. it. It takes conscious effort. Yeah. Consistent effort. Yeah. So distraction kills more dreams than anything else out there. Distraction yeah. kills more dreams than competition. Right. And it's because yeah. people are easily fuel success. Right. Well, um, people are easily distracted by anything else, right? They're distracted by money. They're distracted by, um, you know, getting to a new income level and they're able to buy the thing that they were never able to afford before. They're able to go out to dinner and they weren't able to do that before, whatever else. Yeah. And they allow that to distract them. Well, I, my focus is on the best plumbers and the best customer experience and a byproduct of that is a successful business. My focus yeah. is not the successful business, right? If I got distracted with customer experience and, and the best service imaginable, if I got distracted off of that, by the money that the company could bring in, 
my my business would go downhill fast, right? Well, your customer satisfaction would. Yeah. For sure. Like, I have to stay focused on the customer experience and the quality of service that we're delivering in order to keep producing the results we've been doing. It's kind of almost like so. a, a goal versus habit mindset where you're like, you're concerned with good habits and processes that compound over time. Yeah, for versus you to reach like, that goal. Yeah, versus like, Oh, we could eat out this week, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just, yeah, the yeah. guy that wants to lose weight, he's so focused on a scale number mm-hmm. that he doesn't realize that he's exchanging body fat for muscle. And so he's he's focused on the wrong thing, yeah, right? He may be actually gaining a little bit of weight. He may like, be, oh man, what the fuck? Right, or but he's he may, actually healthier than he thought he was. He may not be losing any weight, yeah. but he's losing fat and gaining muscle at the same rate. And so, but he's focused on the scale number instead yeah. of focused on the the small pieces that go into a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. right. Those one percent changes every day is yeah, it's huge. It's, sad, yeah. it's yeah. absolutely huge. So, wrap um, up, Mitch. That's that's all we got for today. So, um, if you guys have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to email us into the show. You can email questions at askmitch at mitchsmedley if this show provided you value, if, if you learned something new, please do us a favor and do two things. For one, whatever app, uh, app you're listening on, go to that app and give us a five-star review. If that's Spotify or iTunes or give us a thumbs up on YouTube or whatever the case may do be. something. We're working hard over um, here. <laughs> and then also feel free to help share this show. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their service-based business, Please tell them to go listen to The Void. That's right. Because that's why we're here is to help you guys get off and get started and get to a very healthy level. So until next week, guys, we will see you later. Love you guys.